Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. During my time at university, I had a part-time job at a huge Bavarian company. The building had eight floors and a quadratic shape, with a big lobby hall in the center of the building. It actually was hundreds of years old, but completely renovated. I worked once or twice a week, mainly on the weekends. Now, here's the interesting part. So I worked in night shifts, and my job was basically to walk around the whole building twice a night. While walking through the hallways, I just had to watch out for stuff people forgot when they rushed into the weekend. Open doors, open windows, or light switches still turned on, stuff like that. It was nothing out of the ordinary. The payment was also pretty good. In fact, I was kind of surprised about just how good the payment was, because obviously I didn't have to do much in those eight hours. My girlfriend and other friends mentioned that the payment is just fair as I had to walk around a huge building at night completely alone. They always mentioned how they would never do this as sometimes my girlfriend visited me there to bring me some meals. As the sinister feeling in the buildings like these would play mind games with them. I never had problems with being alone though. Neither was I paranoid or believed in paranormal occurrences or anything like that. I just studied throughout the night and did my two walks. 
That is, until this one night in September of 2018. Now, the shift started like any other. I got my keys from the janitor and started studying after my first walk through the building. Between 3.55am and 4.05am, the whole electronic system throughout the building resets, which I found really odd at my first shift, but grew to ignore it after some months. The janitor explained the reason after I asked, but the reset leads to light sources turning on and off throughout the whole building, systematically, but still a bit chaotic. I sat at the front desk, not even paying attention to it, when suddenly a, a certain noise reached me. One of the two elevated doors in the first floor opened itself, closed itself, and opened itself again. I just thought to myself, meh, malfunction, and so I went back to reading boring scientific papers. After 20 minutes, it happened again though, but this time, the light in the elevator switched off, which seemed really off to me. At this point, I started to feel a little bit alarmed, I'll admit, but... When I moved into the elevator, the door behind me suddenly closed. I panicked a bit and tried to get out of the elevator, but the elevator started to take me to the second floor in complete darkness. When I reached the second floor, the door opened and I basically fell out of the elevator door, turning around while I fell. And then the really sinister looking completely dark elevator closed again and took off to another floor. My heart was racing and a part of me thought that someone manipulated the console but another part of me felt like something else, a fear. You see, I had goosebumps all over my body and returned to the front desk with the plan to text my supervisor and the janitor about a technical defect of the elevator. I did this with trembling hands when I suddenly heard another distant noise radio music from somewhere in the canteen. I slowly moved to the canteen with my smartphone light switched on. The noise came from the kitchen and I followed it. Reaching the kitchen, I saw that a radio was playing music on some of the tables. The cooks listened to radio while working. And at that, I froze and I couldn't breathe. You see, during my first walk, the janitor texted me to tell me to put the radio under a certain desk and switch it off, as the cooks would always store it there. I did this directly when I started the shift, even texting him, because I couldn't find the desk at first, after plugging out the radio, that is. Which means that that radio was not only on, but had definitely moved, and I was the only one in that building. I turned around and I sprinted through the canteen directly to an exit and waited outside for the last two hours. Luckily, I had the keys with me when someone for the day shift came. When he arrived, I got into the building with him, took my bag and I left quickly. I called myself in sick for the next two weeks and after that I quit the job using excuses regarding my sleep cycle. Until this day... I really don't know what happened that night, but something was definitely off. So this happened on my 19th birthday. I was living in Vermont on a mountain away from home as a working student on a massive horse breeding farm. It was February and obviously very snowy. 
We left a multiple day out of state event in the evening to head back to the farm. I was driving my own car with the new sales rep as a passenger. We're both women and she was maybe 25 or so. The other working students were riding with the boss in the big rig or with another who was driving a van. We convoyed with everyone else until about 12am when the trailer had an issue near Albany, New York. We had encountered snowfall all night as there was a blizzard going on but it was now getting bad around this time and area. The boss told me and the sales rep to keep going so that we could make it back for the morning chores in case they didn't. The barn manager was the only one who stayed back at the farm. We knew that she slept like a sloth on tranks and was expecting to have the day off since we all would be back by then. Everyone else stayed so that there was enough hands to unload the horses if needed. So around 3am, me and the sales rep reached the back roads to get up the mountain to the farm. At this point, there was about 4 inches on the roads. We kept having trouble getting up the hills and tried every route that we could think of. I didn't have a lot of gas left and we were tired and getting nervous as well. The sales rep suggested another route that she knew and I figured, why not? I'd never been this way of course because I would simply drive the same way down the mountain to go to town on my day off. And we got pretty far with this other road but snow was still falling and I was having trouble with the hill again. At this time we saw a house extremely far and few between in that area and I was able to pull into the bottom of the driveway. It looked like they had a truck up there and there was a light in a window so we decided that we should knock and ask them if they could drive us to the farm. And I know that this sounds totally nuts but everyone knows the farm and the boss had been there forever and seemed to know everyone personally. Plus we were together so we figured that it would be okay and it would hopefully be a nice man who knew our boss. And of course... This is where things get weird. You see, as we're walking up, suddenly a dog starts viciously barking and lunging at the end of a very short heavy chain which is attached to a tree in a blizzard of all times, at night. This startled us and obviously we didn't like it on ethical levels but the house was only a few yards away now so we sprinted to it. We got to the door and right as the sales rep is about to knock, I grab her hand because now that we're close up and not chatting or dealing with this scary dog, I notice the door is only a piece of plywood on hinges and the little house is terrible looking, like a, a shack if anything. Basically it looked like they had built their own permanent shelter but didn't have the skills to do it nicely. Meanwhile the dog is still barking and lunging on the chain. She sees what I see though and we decide to back away and then ended up running to the car because it was just one of those redneck properties that you imagine wouldn't appreciate visitors. It snapped us back into our senses that there could be multiple men inside or someone dangerous, especially considering the dog situation. And thankfully, I managed to drive up that hill that was giving me trouble before and as we get going... We see a, a herd of mini horses run across the road in a sort of line and jump into the woods. Maybe not the best considering what had just happened, but that if we found a farm along this road, it could be their horses and they'd be grateful for our help catching them and drive us home. Not long after, we came to a well-kept little farm and the road was a dead end right after. The sun was starting to come up now and we leave the car on the road and walk up to the house which isn't set far back at all. We knock endlessly but to no answers. 
and just as we started to walk back to the car, the sales rep spots something running up the road. It is that same dog. We run like heck to the car and got in just in time for the dog to jump around the outside of my car, biting the mirrors and whatever it could get a hold of, like it was deranged. To be clear, I love dogs. We live with the manager's pit bull, in fact, and I've now been working with dogs in many settings, including shelters for years. I've even had bad bites before and have worked with court-declared dangerous dogs, but I have never, ever seen one in person as aggressive as this before or after. In any case, we got the heck out of there and I drove as fast as I safely could away from this dog. But we didn't see anything else on the road or glancing down the driveway of that shack driving past it again. When we got stuck on the next hill, we simply parked at the end of another driveway and sat there. My gas light was on and we were using the battery to run the heat now. We were completely delirious, just laughing and crying while keeping on the lookout for this dog or a crazy man. And eventually around 6.30 in the morning, we saw a plow truck coming and got out to flag it down. He knew our boss and gladly plowed our way home, which we were very thankful for. But looking back on the whole thing, the situation was really strange. I mean, that dog was on a heavy chain and there's just no way that it could have gotten loose without somebody letting it go. I really do believe that someone sicked that dog on us because it was just impossible for it to get out like that. Plus, we were almost a mile up the road when it got to us. We had also been watching the mirrors as we left the shack because we were so freaked out already. Whether they thought that we were going to break in or were just mad that someone came up the driveway or something else, I guess I'll never know. I'm just glad that it was an almost creepy encounter with whoever lived in that decrepit mountain shack. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. So this is going to be kind of lengthy, but I really want to share all of this with somebody else. I'm still really uncomfortable thinking back to some of this stuff that happened to me there and to this day, it really eats at me. Anyway, in 2011, my family moved into this house that was built in the 70s. I was only maybe nine at the time and before this really didn't have any reason to believe in the paranormal. 
The first thing that I noticed was just strange sounds happening at night. There would occasionally be either bells ringing, like sleigh bells kind of, and or an old rotary phone ringing. We didn't have a phone like that hooked up, so it always gave me the creeps. Weirder stuff eventually started happening though. One of the first real encounters occurred when my mum returned from the grocery store one day. She had pulled her car into the garage and had already closed the garage door and went inside. I was minding my own business, bouncing a ball, when I saw the shadow of what looked like a little boy walking right in front of me and into the house. As it happened, I yelled, Hey, wait, I can see you. But he didn't respond or come back. When I was younger, the idea of some invisible kid was a lot more cool than spooky for some reason. I eventually got my little brother to come with me to investigate the garage because I wanted to know more about this strange shadow boy that I saw. I recall knocking on the closet door in the garage because I figured that that's where he was staying. I remember asking, can you come out? And my brother asking similar questions. I eventually asked, did you miss your mummy? And the door came creeping open. We both freaked out at that because whatever it was, it definitely responded. There was no way that that door should have moved. I ran to go to get my mum because I wanted to show her the ghost boy. Of course, she didn't believe us though. I tried to ask him the same question again to show my mum, but the door didn't budge this time. After that, more strange things began to unfold as well. One of my favorite toys up and vanished, and then a very strange looking spoon that looked like none of the ones that we owned appeared in the kitchen, almost as if some kind of a, a trade or something. And as a kid, I was not happy about that. I loved my toy, and I didn't want that spoon. There was one time at night as well that I heard my brother scream from the living room, and when I came in, he said that he heard the refrigerator open. I called him a chicken, but... When I went to check it, it was actually wide open, and we were the only ones awake at the time. I really don't think that he was lying as well. There was another time as well one night while I was doing my homework in the kitchen, and I heard my old pogo stick bouncing up and down in the garage. From where I was sitting, I could see into the window door of the garage, and it was pitch black, and I know for a fact that it couldn't have been my brother's because we were at this point scared of the garage so there was no way that they were just in there in the dark of all things. But what makes it even more interesting is the pogo stick in there was one that I got off the neighbor. It was probably as old as the house. Things started off kind of innocent as well but they got more hectic as I started hitting puberty. It was nighttime once again and the sleigh bell noises were happening all the time. I went to go to get my brothers and asked them to come into my room because I was scared. But we all sat there and I asked if they could hear it. They sat, eyes wide and terrified because they could definitely hear it too. I remember another night laying in bed I heard my dog growling and barking from my mum's room. I got up to see what it could be but... When I got there, I saw him staring into my mum's pitch black bathroom. The door was slightly cracked open when I got there, and just pure dread and terror went through me, and I bolted back to my room. It was around this time too that I was starting to have terrible night terrors and insomnia because of my fear of what was in our house. 
I would constantly wake up from nightmares where I would die or other stuff. It would always be jumping off a building or dying in a car crash or something terrible. And this went on for months and months, maybe even years. But then finally, something happens that was my breaking point. You see, I was trying to get to sleep because it was a school night, but I was struggling because I wasn't tired. And I remember being struck out of nowhere with just fear. I felt it deep in my core like something was just going to get me, like eyes were on me. My heart started racing so fast and I didn't know why. But then, suddenly, I heard loud whispering. It sounded like hundreds of voices all muddled together and I couldn't believe it and sat in shock for a moment just trying to figure out what they were saying. I eventually cried out, please go away and put my fingers in my ears. But the sound, it didn't even muffle. And after that, I immediately turned on my lamp. And the noise just stopped. I just sat there, tears rolling down my face, wondering if maybe, maybe I had hallucinated all of that. In any case, I stopped sleeping in my room after that. When I started sleeping in the living room, it sadly only continued to get worse. We had this huge family picture of me and my brothers hanging in there, and one day I had come to find that it had scratches all over it. But the scratches, they were only on my face. I don't know, but I feel like it was some kind of a warning, maybe. The living room was debatably more terrifying at night. The sleigh bell noises would always be there. Whenever I moved or made a noise, it would stop as if it was scared of me or something. But we had this huge mirror above the couch that I slept on and, yep, you know where this is going. We had lived in the house for a couple of years at this point and it had never ever budged. But one morning I woke up to this thunderous bang noise and the mirror above me came down nearly hitting me right on the head. The thing was maybe 200 pounds or so. It might have actually just killed me had I been even a few inches closer to it. I screamed and cried after it happened, wondering why it happened in the first place. I don't know why, but whatever that thing in our house was, it really didn't like me. Perhaps because I had given it more attention than anyone else had. Maybe because I had grown to be afraid of him or it. I often wonder if it didn't hate me but rather wanted me to be dead as well so that it could have a friend or something. I know that after everything that has happened it's easy to slap a label on this entity and call it evil but deep down uh, I don't know I really wonder if maybe it was just lonely. Some years later the paranormal stuff had died down for the most part though but there were two other occurrences that I think are worth sharing. So one day I had opened the door to the garage to get something, only to see the closet door wide open. I stared at it for a moment in confusion, only for it to slam shut super hard. I sort of yelped at that and I ran back out. And finally, the last and probably the craziest thing that's ever happened. I mentioned earlier how there was this old rotary phone noise that happened occasionally at night, well, I hadn't heard it in years at this point, but this one night while I was sitting on the couch drawing, I heard it again, and it was the loudest that I'd ever heard it. It sounded like it was only a few feet away from me, so 
I just sort of sat there frozen, scared, waiting for it to stop. But it kept getting louder and louder until finally a huge orb of light flashed a few feet in front of me and then just disappeared. I whipped out my phone and I started recording immediately. And I wish that I had gotten that light itself on the camera, but I did get the ringing noise. The thing about this ringing too is that when I covered my ears, it didn't muffle, just like the whispering. And when I recorded it, it was on the video, solid and real. And well, we moved out shortly after that. And so, that concludes my story for the most part. Interestingly enough as well, right after moving out, I actually stopped having any insomnia. And I know that this next part is just totally in my head, but I've even had a few nightmares where I'm back in that house trapped in the closet that's in the garage, not able to get out. And I wonder if that's what this thing may have felt like. I feel like whatever or whoever he was once upon a time was and still is sad and very angry. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So this happened to me about a year ago after I moved back home with my parents after leaving an abusive relationship. I'm lying in bed, getting ready to go to sleep, performing my daily ritual of cuddling my dog while I browse TikTok and Reddit for longer than I should. My dog is a black Labrador, She's just about five months old and she's just the cutest. One thing that I never noticed about dogs though was how aware they are of their surroundings all the time. As I'm lying in bed, my dog is laid beside me sleeping when she suddenly perks her head up to listen. I stop what I'm doing after noticing her concentration. I'm listening to see what she's woken up for when I hear footsteps outside. To get access to the back garden of my house, you need to go through the side gate and walk around the length of the house to get to my bedroom window at the back. Our whole back garden has stones on the ground. As I'm in bed, I then hear the stones moving as apparently a person walks over them. 
the stones gradually get louder and stop at my bedroom window. I am completely frozen, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. I'm wondering, who is outside and why are they outside? I live in the country and my parents were both working night shift that night. And then, I suddenly see a light flashing through the gaps of my blind and the flash switches off. It then goes on again as if a, a photo has been taken on the flash. The footsteps finally start again, only this time they're quicker. I'm so freaked out that I end up calling my mum and she ends up coming home to check up on me. She comes with me to check if there's anyone in the back garden, but before we get to the gate, we notice that it's been left wide open. But what's really strange is that it's only able to be opened from the inside, not outside. We never did find out who was in my garden that night, but it still sends shivers up my spine whenever I think about it. I came home from work today to receive some very unsettling news from one of my roommates. It started when I went to let the dogs out into the backyard. Our backyard is in the kitchen, so on my way to let them out, I passed by the oven and noticed that it was on. It surprised me a bit because my roommate, Mandy, was the only other person home, and she had been spending most of her time back in her room due to feeling ill. Even so, I figured that I'd better ask her first before turning it off, on the off chance that she was actually using the oven. I went to the end of the hallway where her room was, knocked on her door and asked, Hey, uh, is the oven supposed to be on? Like, are you using it right now? Confusion and concern was immediately apparent in her voice as she replied, What? No, I haven't even been out in the kitchen today. I shared her confusion, obviously in concern about hearing this, but then pondered the possibility that Carl, her brother and our other roommate, had been the one to leave it on by mistake. I asked her if this could be the case and she then told me that Carl was still at work and had been since early that morning. This was when she and I began to piece together that something very strange had had to have happened. I told her that I had just gotten home a few minutes prior, it was a little after 3pm at that point, and I left the house at about 7.30 that morning. She then informed me with horrific realisation that around 11am she had heard noises coming from the living room, including a woman's voice, a chair moving, and the front door even opening. She didn't realise at the time that I was at work, so she just assumed that it was me and didn't think much of it. She then mentioned that in hindsight though, the dogs were barking an unusual amount during this time. I asked her how long the noises coming from the living room went on for, and she said that it was hard to tell because she was trying to sleep at the time, but if she had to guess, they lasted about 20 minutes. Mandy, Carl and I are the only current residents of this home, and as mentioned before, Carl and I are both at work during the time frame, so... Andy was the only person who reasonably should have been in that house at that time. I thanked her for informing me of this and then went back to the front half of the house and did a quick comb of the area to check for anything else that looked out of place or maybe missing. I didn't discover anything else out of the ordinary and as of the time of sharing this, nothing else has come of it. Oh, but uh, one pretty minor but still pretty weird thing is that I went to the hall closet to get more toilet paper for my bathroom and 
I noticed an empty wrapper packaging for a new pillow in there. I didn't buy a new pillow recently. I asked both of my roommates if they did and Mandy said that she bought a new pillow about a month ago but that she threw the packaging away. This is my first time noticing the packaging in that hall closet and I last went into the hall closet just a couple of weeks ago if I remember correctly. Anyway, it's a minor detail and I'm really not sure about it so it could be nothing but I thought that I would just mention it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We all make dumb decisions in life, right? Well, in this case... I was stupid, very stupid. You see, I arranged to meet a guy off Tinder, but because of my heightened anxiety about driving and stuff, I arranged for him to pick me up outside of my place. I had been talking to him for a few weeks at least, but that is not redeemable and I know that. The choice that I made on this day could have ended me, but thankfully I'm still around to tell the tale. So the guy picked me up in his car and told me that he planned to take us out for sushi. I love sushi, so I thought, great. He put in the name of the restaurant into his GPS and we were off, making pleasant conversation on the way there until I started seeing woods when I looked out my window. I felt very confused. I mean, we were supposed to be going into town, not into the wilderness in the middle of nowhere. Fear hit me hard then. He said... I swear the GPS is taking me through here. I didn't choose this path. I said, please just get us back to civilization. My eyes were wide and I must have looked like a deer in the headlights. His face was really apprehensive so he must have known that I was scared. Oh my goodness was all I was thinking to myself. I should have just conquered my anxiety about driving and met him somewhere public. Or better yet, not met this guy at all. What was I thinking? I'm going to get murdered here in these woods. I tried checking my phone to see if I could assist him with the GPS and that's when he said those spine-chilling words. There's no signal out here. I remember just thinking to myself to try to look calm. Don't let him think that you suspect that he's onto something. But man, did I feel terrified. The tips of my fingers were cold while I was simultaneously sweating. If he was going to kill me, part of me wanted him to get it over with so I wouldn't be left in so much anticipation. His forehead was perspiring and he kept saying, I swear I'm not doing this. I'm trying to get us back on route to the sushi place. I then said, listen, I don't care about sushi anymore. Just get us to a gas station, anywhere with people at this point. He said, I don't have a shovel or a weapon in my trunk or anything if that's what you're thinking which did little to calm my nerves. We finally reached the restaurant after what felt like an eternity. I had never been so scared in my life, in fact. I didn't have much of an appetite, and I was physically trembling when we arrived. 
but I figured that he didn't kill me when he had the chance, so I guess it was safe now to continue with our date. I already planned on taking an Uber home because I didn't want to go through that experience again. And I was shocked out of my mind when he then asked, So when do you think that we'll have sex? I nearly choked on a piece of my food. What? I didn't know where this was coming from. I didn't know how he could ask me something like this now on our first date when he literally saw me pale as a ghost just moments ago. You know, like, how long will it take? A day? A week? A month? I stared at him, dumbfounded. I couldn't respond because I was just utterly speechless in that moment. Well, I can't wait a whole month. I'm telling you that now, he said. I didn't say anything and... The rest of the date was insanely awkward. I said goodbye as I took my Uber home and only seconds after my driver pulled out of the restaurant parking lot, he texted me to say that he doesn't think that it'll work out with me because he needs a girl with a, a higher libido. I didn't argue. I just texted back a, a simple, okay, ready to be done with this guy. When the Uber driver drove me home, he did not take me through the wilderness pathway of a potential murder site too. He took me home through streets, other cars, lights, the sweetest scene to my immense relief. I couldn't help but wonder too why my date had to take me through an hour drive through the wilderness to get to the restaurant, but it only took the driver 15 minutes to get me home from the same location. The whole thing was weird and chilling and... I don't know if my date planned on anything sinister and maybe he backed out or if it was an honest mistake, but I'm glad that I made it out of there unscathed. I learned a tough lesson that night, one that I should have already known but that I foolishly ignored for some reason. The moral of the story is that you shouldn't let strangers from dating apps pick you up in their cars. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now 
All you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.